they're very, the first time I remember hearing this song, Good, Good Father, I was like, who wrote this? And then I saw the composer uh, do it in a real life concert. And I started to sing these lyrics and I started to cry. So this morning, I want to not talk about this song specifically, but I want to continue our study that we have been doing on biblical praise and worship. You will notice or have noticed that we have not talked about order of service because there really isn't one that is Thou shalt do this. That's prescribed. There, isn't, there are components of worship in the Bible, and it differs from occasions. And so does the music. What I will say, I will say this. I will not get into what is appropriate or what is not. That is not the point of this series. So if you, if you are just, as one of my friends, my mentors would say, if you're chomping at the bit to get into a discussion of what is appropriate, what is not, you're in the wrong place. We, are, we need to first understand what does the Bible teach us to be able to discuss worship. So this morning I want to talk to you continue the trend we are looking at the in the hebrew bible there are seven words that are used in the hebrew language to describe praise that we in our english language we understand one word and that is praise and we also understand another word which is worship these two these two are very different in the context of the hebrew language but when it comes to the actual praise the giving of praise there are seven We've looked at four already. So today we're going to look at the music of praise because there are two words, two of these words of the seven that are associated with the music in praise or involving praise or about praise or the process of praise. Man, that's just a lot. But there are two words. So to review, we have studied about halal and shabak, right? And these words de- dealt with the manner in which we praise, either kneeling or with our hands raised. You know, I can tell some of you are still ve- feel very uncomfortable raising your hands. I, I, I'm, with there, I'm there with you. There are certain times where I, man, this is awkward because I was not raised in that. And so it's contrary to my nature. It's contrary to what I was taught, though it is, not, it is okay not to raise my hand, but it is also very biblical too. You catch my drift? Okay. So there's nothing wrong with raising our hands. You, 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 I'm, I'm not going to get on that soapbox. So the, the other two words are yada and barak. Okay. And these deal with how we position ourselves our posture. 
the manner in which we, 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 we praise, that is actually the, the shouting for joy, the hallelujah. Okay, that's where we get halal from, hallelujah. And the Shabbat is, is praising in a loud voice. And, and Yadak and Barak, I, I in, switched the two in my head. But Yadak and Barak deal with the kneeling and with the posture, okay, in a humble manner. So today we're going to look at another word. It's the word tehillah, not to be confused with the drink. Not at all. Okay? However, when you look at this word, audation, specifically, concretely, a hymn of praise. This word also is rooted in the previous word, halal. Can you see it? Are you able to look at the similarities? So tehillah is the actual song that is being sung, the praise that is being given, and halal is the manner in which it's being done. So it's a combination of the two. So in this context... The praise is not this. A good, good father, for here you are. It's actually in a loud voice. The praise is sung with when you fill your lungs with air and you start praising, and you're like, I can't carry a tune, Pastor. Who cares? Who cares? You're not the one leading. I'd be concerned if you were up here, up here. Okay? That's why we have a praise team. Because not everybody can. That's not your gift. I get it. But the praise that comes out from our mouths, that's a different story altogether. Why? Look at this. Let them give him glory to the Lord to declare his praise to Hela in the coastlands. This is Isaiah talking about giving the praise. He's saying, give this praise in, this is a New King James. I like to preach from the New King James Version. But for those of you that have NIVs or a different version, do you have a different word for this in that text? No? Okay. So, to give praise. But check this out. Psalms 100 verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise to okay to thank be thankful to him and bless his name the in some versions you have praise his name there so we already understand that barak is another way to praise right so this is enter his courts with a literal translation would be to a more for us in western mindset would be with songs of praise Songs of praise. And be thankful to him and praise Barak, his name. Here's another one. Save us, O Lord, and gather us from among the Gentiles to give thanks, Yada, to your holy name, to triumph your praise, Tehillah. What I found interesting as I was reading this psalm the context of it is pretty grim. But notice what happens here. 
to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. The word triumph there is the word that's used to be captured. You can only triumph something if you've been captured by it. Right? You can't win if you're not playing in, in sports. You can't triumph over a sin if you have not been captured by it. Well, I, I've, never, I've never done X. Well, good for you. Well, I've never done Y. Okay, good. But what about Z? You see, the sins that we commit are different. Because each and every one of us here are built differently in the context of our nature, our how... My weakness, man, you, you call me and say, hey, Pastor Art, let's go play golf. Or let's go play volleyball. Or let's go play basketball. Anything that has to do, I'll, I'll be there. That's my weakness. To the point that I can give up, I will sacrifice things to do that. For some of you, it might be work. For some of you, it might be reading. For some of you, it might be listening to songs, music. For some of you, it might be workout. For some of you, it might be your children. I'm just being real. Because these things, they may be good in of itself, but it can be abused and it can take you out of alignment with God. And so you've been captured by it. And you can only win these things, these things, these propensities that you have that are particular to you. I know some of you here have dealt with things in the past that you may be ashamed of today. Well, praise the Lord. And that might be your struggle. You've been captured by it. But it says here, to triumph in your what? praise have you ever sung a song in thanksgiving that just came out from the depths of your soul because you were thankful because god delivered you from that moment that's what this is and we see this in in the next one he has put a new song in my mouth praise a song to our god many will see it in fear and will trust in the lord this has never probably crossed your mind that you praising God because of the, the blessing you received will cause others to turn to Him. Think about that as a witnessing tool. Singing. Oh, pastor, I only sing in the shower. That's what I tell people. Well, what if you were to whistle a tune at some point because, man, God just delivered you from an accident. Or because a deal you've been working hard so long at work, he, he just miraculously made it happen. And, and you're like, God, man, you're so good. And you just, you break out into a song that nobody has ever heard. And people are like, what's wrong with them? Why are you singing? Oh, man, let me tell you about it. It's a witnessing tool. Praising God is a witnessing tool, but you have to have been delivered from it. 
you have, to, you have to understand where that blessing comes from. And David understood this because when you read this context of Psalm chapter 51, here's what he says, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise to Hila. Chapter 51, if you're not familiar with this chapter in the book of Psalm, is the psalm he wrote after the prophet Nathan calls him out for raping Bathsheba. And so he writes this beautiful psalm of forgiveness, asking God, create in me a clean heart. And notice, if you continue to read that psalm, it's very solemn. It's where he understands that, he's like, I can't continue to live like this. I need God to come in and purify my soul. But listen to what he says, Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. You know, when you're in that moment where you're like, I don't feel like praising, this psalm is for you. Because it's in this moment where you say, Lord, I, I need you to open my mouth so I can sing to you, so I can give you the praise and the adoration, so I can manifest myself to you in a way that will show how good you really are. That's what the Hila. it's a song. When, you're, when you burst out into a song, one of, my friend, one of my friends from college, you know, you have to understand the context. I went to a very conservative school. We had the, it depends on which way you look at it, but the gentleman called the girls' dorm the desire of ages. <laughs> and, 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 uh, the ladies call the guy's dorm the great controversy. <laughs> so, so we wanted, you know, one of, my, one of my roommates, he's like, hey, man, I think I'm going to go ask this girl out. And I'm like, okay, go for it. And he did. And he comes back. He's like, she said yes, she said yes, she said yes. He, he was singing a song, right? <laughs> When was the last time you did that with God? Because that's what this is. Man, God blessed me today. Yes. You're singing a song. It's coming from the depths of your heart. That's what praise is. Which leads me to the second word. Zamar. This is a little bit more interesting now you're we're starting to get a little bit more technical because this word deals primarily with the singing along with instruments yeah here's where we can get a little bit depending on how we you spin it i made it a point not to get into controversy today but i will say this well let's get through this and we'll, we'll see where it goes this word here in Psalm chapter 57, verse 7 says, My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing Yada and give praises Zamar. Do you guys remember what Yada stands for? That type of praise? Yeah? It's a proclamation of praise in a loud voice, right? 
it means that you are singing loudly and you're praising God with instruments at the same time. Let's go look at another one. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples, and I will sing to you among the nations. Praising with instruments. Okay? Here's another one. Psalm 71, 22. Kendall, what does that look like? It's a guitar. That's actually a lute. Okay? This is an old instrument. If you like movies and you like Renaissance movies, you, that's the instrument that you would see. Guitars hadn't been invented yet. So this is something that has been carried for generations, for decades, for thousands of years because David also played this. Also with lute, I will praise. Lute is the instrument. I will praise Yada and your faith. In your faithfulness, O oh my God, to you I will sing with what? A harp. Do you know we have a harp on stage? Right here. If you look at the insides of it, it's a harp that's been laid flat. Okay? You're not going to find piano in the Bible. You're going to find the lute, the lyre. You're going to find the trumpets, which is a shofar. You're going to find this one, the tambourine. Let them praise his name with the dance. Uh-oh. Let them sing praises with him with the timbrel and the harp. I've already talked to you about dance. In this context, I mentioned that dance is not, it's not grinding, it's not headbanging, it's not twerking, it's none of that. Dancing is more of a jubilous, is that a word? Um, joyful, you're like, yes, you know, and you, that's, what it, that's what the dance is in the Bible. Now, you, some of you who may have done some research you'll say well pastor there that is an instrument that is not used for corporate worship you're right it's not but you know what else isn't acceptable in corporate worship hold on to your seat women let's just be real there was a court that only the men had access to and the women stayed on the outside. So if we're going to look at and classify instruments that were acceptable inside the, the temple and base our praise and worship in that, then half or two-thirds of this church would be outside. But what is also interesting is that scholars look at this particular psalm chapter 149 so 147 48 49 and 150 these are known as the eschatological psalms these are psalms that deal with end times okay and it is known among theologians that this psalm is not that it will be sung in the end of days but the manner in which it is sung 
will be replicated at the end times. Therefore, all of these instruments are acceptable. It's interesting to see also, Ellen White talks about this quite extensively, in favor of doing it, but well done. When, and I mentioned about chaos. And I mentioned about uh, she is very adamantly against a worship style that is chaotic. But that's a result of unplanning. That's a result of people just doing stuff without intentionality or doing it for show. This is not what we're doing. This, this is what we've done today. You've noticed we have all these instruments that we talked about. We have the shofar. We don't have a trumpet. But we have the harp. We have the guitar, which is a form of a lute. We have drums, cymbal. Okay? But what about the New Testament? Do we have evidences of these types of praising of the, in the New Testament? Yeah. We don't have these words because the New Testament was written in Greek, but we have them, and it's found in Ephesians. Open your Bibles. I don't have this here on the screen intentionally because I want you to see it. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Again, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, Therefore, this is one of the many therefores here. And the therefore is there, according to one of my professors, for a reason. Okay, so therefore, do not be unwise. I'm hearing some pages still turn. It's okay. Take your time. I want you to get there too. Okay, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in, the, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another, how? With? Psalms, right? What does your version say? Psalms and hymns. Huh, interesting. You know what all these are? Music. It's, it's actually quite funny because when you think about it, have you ever called up? It's, if I called up my wife, I was like, Hi, honey, how are you today? No, that's not what it's saying that you have to literally do is calling up people and start singing back and forth. That would be funny. But what is the intent of the book of Psalms? When you look at it in its overall, in its 30,000 foot view, Psalm is nothing but a, a bunch of songs that are written to express either gratitude, prayers of, of thanksgiving, okay, 
to solicit prayers on your behalf because, you know, David is saying, Lord, create in me a clean, a clean heart. Help me. If that's not the only place, I want you to go to a couple books over to the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. You're going to find Paul is intentional in all of this. I should say God is because God inspired him to read it. So chapter, <clears throat> excuse me, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, so which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the Lord of Christ dwell in which in richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in what? Psalms and hymns and what? Spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You know what this is? Because if you read just before this in both Ephesians, it tells you what not to do. It tells you not to continue with evil doing, not to continue with drunkenness, not to continue with malicious, malice. That's a word that's not very often used today. You know what malice is? Is when you do something behind somebody's back. Malice is when you talk behind somebody. You say, hey, how, how are you? Man, I can't. And you go on, do you know what this person did? Malice. When we do these things, we are not singing in psalms and hymns. Avoid all that. But this is how you ought to do it. There's one other concept here in the New Testament because I have not labeled it intentionally because when we are blessed and we begin to express these praises of god it's a new song it's a song that comes from you it's a song that that's come from the inner depths of your soul it's a song that has not been written the context of the good good father the song that we just sang the stories that the the, the, excuse me, the composer, he's just sitting there and he, and he reads this verse, how God is good, and he begins to sing, good, good father, and he's just singing it, and then all of a sudden the word starts coming, flowing out. It's a new song. Let me put in parentheses here. I've been asked, Pastor, when are we going to sing hymns by a group of people? And I'm not trying to single you out. We will sing hymns at some point. But that's not what this church is about. I know it's quiet. A new song requires for us to be intentional and be thinking about what it is that we think we're singing about. There's nothing wrong with hymns. I like hymns. I like the new stuff too. 
But some of these things, because they're so new, it, 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 we're not used of praising God in a way that is authentic in the sense of we're not being creative with the blessing God has given us. That's what it means to tehillah is to come out with something new that is yours and uniquely yours. You know, you know who's going to do this? Go to Revelation chapter 14, verse 3. Actually, before you do that, let's do this. Revelation chapter 5, same book. Last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. The context here is that there are the 24 elders in, the, in these living creatures, they break out into a new song. No one has ever sung it. No one has ever heard it. But these individuals, they break out with a new song. You know when else is this a new song is mentioned or talked about in the Bible, which is the concept of Tehillah? Revelation chapter 14, verse 3. Now go there. This is talking about the 144,000. Who are the 144,000? These are the saved. I'm not going to get into, is it literal, is it symbolic? I would just say yes. But the context of it is, it's God's people who are saved. Who wants to be a part of that group? Who wants to be part of the saved? You know you're going to sing a new song, right? A song that no one can sing because it talks about your, your experience. A song that is uniquely ours. A song that nobody else can sing. The angels can't sing it because they haven't been saved. You are going to be able to experience this when we get to heaven. Because that's the context. The 144,000 are the ones who God saves. And it says they sang it as, it as it were a new song before the Lord. You see, this new song has a condition behind it. The condition is that you have to be saved. I shared with you the story about my grandfather, how he said, I'll see you when Jesus returns. You know what I love about this picture? Look at the little girl on her dad, on her dad's lap. Do you see the excitement that she has? She's, she sees Jesus and she's like, Daddy, he's here. How often do we talk about the second coming? Oh yeah, Jesus is coming back. I want to be there. But we, we forget the excitement because Tehillah is exactly that. She is embodying Tehillah praise. She's, we can't hear it, but you can see it in her smile. You can see it in her actions. Heaven is not going to be a place where we we'll just play a harp all day. We're going to be excited. We're going to sing a new song. Amen. We're going to sing from the depths of our soul. So why not practice it here? That's what David was talking about. You don't, do, you, do you not feel like, like singing? Ask God, Lord, put, put, 
the words in my mouth so I can sing, so I can open my mouth, so others will see as we saw, and they will fear you, and they will tremble, and they will follow you, they'll believe you. I would venture to say that we, as Adventists, we need to tequila a little bit more. We need to praise God from the insides of our soul. We need to be able to share what God has done for us. Because, you know, you don't have to go out of your way necessarily to share that. Start singing. People ask you about it. It's not going to be awkward. Because you're sharing something that God has put in your heart. And that's, what, that's why he blesses us. It's not because for you to keep it to yourself. He wants you to share that. He wants you to share that blessing. He wants you to do, praise Him for it. Barak, Shabbat, Tehillah, Zamar, Yada, whichever form it is, it's not wrong. May God bless you.